This episode is sponsored by Greer Amps. Don't be fooled by their name. Yeah, they make some pretty stunning looking amps that you should definitely check out, but they also make a whole bunch of pedals. I'm really excited about the little Samson. They're apparently going to send us one to demo pretty soon. It sounds like it's some kind of like high gain, plexi distortion kind of flavor. I've watched a few demos, but don't bother with those. Wait till we do our demo. Apparently it was developed in partnership with Andy Elliott from Elliott Guitars, and that guy knows what things are supposed to sound like. So I think this thing is probably going to sound pretty freaking good. Uh, it's got a picture of a dog on it. Thanks again, Greer Amps, for sponsoring the episode. Uh, everybody, go check them out. GreerAmps.com Sophia from Rabbit Hole Effects, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve. And this is really the show. We're really doing it again. We are doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it live. Yeah. Episode 108, suckers. Except we recorded this like nine days ago, so or 10 days ago, so it's not actually live. Hey, hey. Wait, that's okay. Way to ruin the magic, Steve. The magic. I'm still sick, 95.7. Local radio station, Steve. Oh, I know. Magic is 92.5. So uh, let's decide right now. Are we going to be hyped this episode, or are we going to be like chill this episode well if we were really magic 92.5 oh then we Kill would me. be we'd be real nice and smooth they're the they're uh they're r&b they play like when i say r&b not like the hip-hop pop why are we talking R&B about stuff. this they're they're that nice smooth r&b they're the kind of r&b that you get naked to they're the kind of r&b that i get naked to, to every kind of r&b <laughs> Well, I can't Steve, help you with that. You're supposed to ask me what's new. Oh, oh, um, uh, uh, what have you been listening to lately, Ryan? Not what I've been listening to. <laughs> you're supposed to ask me what's new. What's new, Ryan? I've been working. You know what, dude, you sound like my kid right now. No, Dad. There's a no. Re- there's a reason. Dad, no. There's a reason. No, the cat doesn't say moo. There's a reason your kid sounds like that. It's because you need to knock it off, Steve. <laughs> Rascal. What's new, Ryan? I've been working on a brand new pedal board for myself. Been hanging out in the garage, cutting wood, screwing it together, gluing it yeah. together, getting all sloppy with a uh, with a uh, circular saw. Why did you pick that color of green? Uh, for fun. That's like the worst shade of green. Steve hates the shade of green that I picked. Uh, In reality, I painted it green because I completely biffed up my routing job and I had to reconstruct some of the wood with Bondo. Um, (laughs) Were you originally just going to leave it? I was going to leave it as a wood grain. Oh. Is this going to be your salvage clone? It was made out of wood from my deck. Um, So it's, it's like rotted redwood. Nice. Which is actually going to look pretty cool. I think you should build but a guitar I, out of that. But then I completely messed up with the rider, like I said, and had to rebuild parts with Bondo that is just white gray and looks like garbage. So I painted it. Yep. It's kind of a festive green Dude, color. You, you need, I might get in there and paint some designs on it. You need to it. get some of that uh, <coughs> like glow-in-the-dark resin. Oh, my gosh. Um, I need to give it a, a glitter coat. Make it glittery. Oh, my gosh. Um, Why don't you paint it gold? I know, right? I thought about painting it gold, but I have enough gold stuff. I think I'm going to paint some fun designs on this or just leave it and let the paint kind of um, relic on the edges or whatever could look cool. Um, But basically, I built this board just to house and host my songwriting pedals. I've got the Digitech Jam Man, which is my main Uh songwriting tool. I've got loops on there that are years old of songs that I've been writing. Um, And then I've got these two drum pedals now, the Trio and the Beat Buddy. Mm -hmm. Which means um, 40% of all songs you write, I I get money from those. (laughs) And then I'm going to have a tuner on there and possibly either a volume pedal or a simple drive. You know, know, Ryan. Just so I can use this this board by itself if I don't want to use other effects with it. You know, Ryan. If you upgraded your trio to the trio plus, uh-huh. then 
you could get rid of your jam man because the trio plus has a looper built into it right but then does it store the loops or is it just like a one-time thing i don't know i think it's like i think it's like the um the other mini loopers that are out there these days it doesn't store it you just you loop on the fly the jam man stores my loops forever on an sd card so that's a big perk of it for me like i can pull it up and uh, work on songs that I've been working on for a long time. Um, so yeah, I built this board just so I don't have to put these things together on the floor and deal with it when every time I want to write a song, they're all going to be together and I can just pull it out and do my thing with it. The The problem is I've hit a snag. What snag is that? In that I didn't make the board deep enough to house a power strip oops with the wall warts that I need to run the jam man I can run everything else off of a one spot but then the one spot itself won't fit underneath there plugged into a power strip mm. so there's a couple solutions here and I was talking on the group about it and a lot of people are suggesting various power supplies. Oh, up to 12 songs with loops can be stored to a micro SD card, which is included. 12 songs? I can store 100 things on my Jam Man. I'm not going to replace the Jam Man anymore. I thought it only stored 99. 99. Whatever. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, All right. it, it probably could store hundreds of songs, but the little digital screen only goes up to two numbers. Yeah. So it stores 99. Um, but... Yeah, I don't have room for the power that I want in this thing. So I've cooked up this idea that I'm going to tell you about. And you can tell me that I'm stupid. Just or, tell me the idea. Stupid or smart. Okay. You're stupart. This is a classic 60 You're cycle stupid. hum. This, this classic 60 cycle hum bit is Ryan stupid or smart. Here we go. The answer is always stupid. So I can... I can definitely run all these pedals off of two wall warts. Okay. Off of the wall wart for the Digitech Jam Man, which uh -huh. requires an AC. Yes. And I, the wall wart I have runs 850 milliamps short, even though it claims that it needs 1300, but it runs just fine on 850 for what some Interesting. reason. Interesting. Um, and then the Trio and the Beat Bunny, Beat Buddy, both require 500 milliamps. 9 volt DC. 9 volt DC. And then I'll have a couple boss pedals on there probably, which yep. re will require almost nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can run all those off of a one spot, which gives me 1300 milliamps. Seven. Is it only 13? I thought it was 17. I thought it was 13. I could be wrong. You wrote It might 13. be 17. It might be 1700. But it doesn't matter because it's plenty. Hey, Siri. Oh, great. Google... Visual sound, one spot. Here we go. Okay. Oh, she Googled the vision from Marvel Comics. Perfect. Well, anyways, <laughs> let me get to what I want to do. So there's room for these wall warts underneath the board if they're not plugged into a power strip. Right. So what I'm proposing is that I hack up a bunch of cable... Mm -hmm. And I route a spot to put a a power plug into the side of the board. And on the other side of the power plug inside the board, the cables will be coming out. And I will hard solder uh, wires to each prong of the two wall warts. Okay. And then heat, heat shrink. Are you going to use like alligator clips for this? No, I'm going to solder it to make sure they never like bump off. So, uh, isn't the whole point of using shrink wrap that they're not going to bump off? No, I want to make sure. I don't want ever want to deal with it again. So, I'm still going to put heat shrink over it, but it's going to be... I'm going to solder wire to the prongs of the wall warts, and this will be a permanent power solution underneath this board that I'll, I'll probably never take apart. And if I do, then I'm going to be scraping solder off of the prongs. <laughs> Steve is crying. Um, so it, it for the love of all things sacred, dude. Alligator clips. You think I should do alligator clips and then heat shrink on top of them? What if instead of alligator clips, I do like some kind of like if I find two little pieces of of like brass that I can screw or onto each one? Not alligator. I say I keep saying alligator clips, not alligator clips. Okay. Um, some kind I of. 
some sort of clamp I can screw I don't on. know what the clips are. I don't know what the type. I don't know what the clips are called. Okay. But there is a type of clip that is uh, like a standard electrical component. Okay. That will slide over. I believe will slide over your prong. individual pr- prongs. To say this first, when you first described this to me, I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh huh. I've started to come around only because of this clip solution. Like I said, I don't remember what the name of these clips are called. Um, but the, the concept in itself works, right? Because it's I'd be delivering power to these wall work plugs that's no different from the power that they would be receiving from the wall. Right. Um, it's I'm, just a I'm really... not exactly sure how you split power if you can just like <laughs> split it. Um, sim- well, well, think about this. Do a little thought experiment with me. I'm thinking, okay. Okay, I plug a wall wart into a power strip, uh-huh. and then I plug a one spot into the power strip. Right. No problem, right? Then yes. I Then I pull out the one spot, and I flip it to reverse the prongs. Right. Still no problem, Are right? you worth it? Let me work it. Put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Okay, we're on, but I'm it, on board. But it, it still works, right? Uh-huh. Like, no problem. So, I'm not worried about it. I think it's going to be just fine. All right. Uh, I mean, again, I don't I don't know what's going on inside of a power strip. I don't know what's going on inside of, like, a industrial line splitter. I don't know how they separate those things out. Um, I would... I mean, I guess there shouldn't be crosstalk because... All of your crosstalk issues would be happening happening after the transformer. Yeah. Assuming the transformers are unidirectional, um, I guess it really shouldn't be a problem. Like I said, I would just look for a type of clipping solution. I wouldn't solder them, if only because I know you, and someday you you are going to say, "Hey, I want to use one of these things in a different context." The solder will come off clean enough. <sighs> It's a pain. I know you. You don't want to deal with this. Okay. Okay. Um. I. I let me scroll back. I'm Steve is scrolling I'm simultaneously harder. on my phone uh, while doing this. Um. I'm going to show you a picture of the clips that you're of taking. Of the clips. So basically, look at the yellow ones here. I realize this is horrible podcasting. I don't know what those are called, but that's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, about. that could be interesting. And that I think is your solution. You you okay. put take some heat shrink, put it over your thing, slide that on. Heat shrink. You guys who know electrical components know exactly what so I'm talking about. So you want me about. to take some heat shrink, slide it over my thing. Yeah. Put it on. Put up and then it'll take care of me. Real and then nice. just heat it up and just it'll shrink. It. Oh, I'll heat it up. Yeah, all right. And, and you you promise it'll shrink. It'll shrink. Okay, that sounds sexy. It'll shrink. <laughs> Um, again, I don't, I don't, these are a a standard electrical component. You guys that know electrical, electrical thing, what I'm talking about, you know me, I'll go over to Home Depot and I'll find a solution. Yeah. Yeah. What, for you guys who are trying to figure out what I'm talking about, that they're not alligator clips or different type of, it's like a little thing that slides over, It slides over. It's, it's got basically like a flat part. And then these two rounded parts that effectively act like springs. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it gives you some tension. Yeah. So I, you just have to find one that'll work for that. The problem with like the one that I showed you is it's probably too flat. Yeah. Um, no, I'll, I'll but go. But that's what I would do. I'll go to Home Depot with the one spot in my pocket and then I'll pull it out and I'll like try different things on it. Hey, Ryan. What's that in your pocket? Is, this, is that a one spot in your one pocket? Spot? Yeah, this is a one spot in my pocket. <laughs> one spot to rule them all. What does it mean? What? I'm too sick to be making these kinds of jokes. You're, oh, man. I'm completely loopy right now. All right. Uh, let's see. We got anything else to talk about? I don't know. Do you have anything else do, to talk about? Do, 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 Why do, is do, our do. second episode of the night going to be our hypest? Uh, are we going to talk about the thing that we got in the mail a couple weeks ago? Mm. And by a couple weeks ago, I actually mean a few days ago. Um, I think we should mention it, but uh, this is not the portion of our content where we are going to do the review of it. Right, right. So basically something for you guys to look forward to in the future. We're still trying to figure out how we're going to do this. I know how we're going to do it. There's definitely going to be a video. It's definitely going to star me and and a little bit of Ryan. I'll be in there a little bit. Um, But we got 
a Paul Reed Smith Starla yeah. just from their S2 line. Yeah. Uh, this features the Starla treble and bass pickups, the Bigsby B50 locking tuners, that whole bit. You know what's up. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's a really great guitar. Yeah, let's just say that I've played it. i played it too. I put my hands all over it. It's fantastic. But look forward to a full review in the future. We're just not ready to do it yet. Yeah, we're uh, going to do it proper. We're going to do it proper. We're going to do it right. <laughs> what accent was that? I don't know. We're going to do it right. Yeah. 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 We're gonna, See? We're going to really, uh, we're going to really just play this guitar and show you us playing it and you're going to look at it. And yeah. Oh, and hey, you know it. what? If you haven't seen it already, last Thursday, we dropped a video for Running Cuff's Box of War that is owned by Adam D. Oh, yeah. The inboxer himself. That thing is a beast of a big muff pedal. Yeah, so that that video dropped last Thursday. Um, but, yeah. you know, so maybe you've seen it already. If you're subscribed to us, if you're not yeah. subscribed to our YouTube channel, then go check it out. Yeah, we and are. And subscribe, you dingus. You, you, yeah, you big doofus. We're closing in on our goal of 2,000 subscribers. And we, when we hit 2,000, we are going to give away a pedal. Which pedal? We're going to give away the JHS slash Keeley Steak and Eggs. Do you ever think about how it's never the Keeley slash JHS Steak and Eggs? Hey, it's that too. I mean, technically, the Keeley portion is the first part of the recipe there. Yeah, yeah. It's the compressor first. You can switch the positions, though, so you could go back and forth. But if you're going right to left as right being first, uh, the Keeley portion is first on the pedal. Yep. <laughs> that is correct. <coughs> I'm coughing and I'm dying because freaking <laughs> pneumonia, guys. All right. I got pneumonia and I ca probably got it from Nam. Oh my gosh. Which means I probably gave it to a bunch of people in NAM too. If you got pneumonia and you went to NAM, I'm sorry. It might be my fault. Or you might be the dickhead who gave it to me. So, <laughs> so screw you. You've ruined my life the past two weeks. All right. Let's 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 jump into some ads, okay? Let's do it. First. Uh, Holy uh, heck, Steve. Knock it off. This very first ad was sent to us by Joe Pekarski. Uh, I still question whether or not I say his name right. Dude, I, he says we said it right. Because I suck at names and I feel like I'm saying everyone's name wrong. This thing, I think we've talked about these on the show before. It is a BC Rich Acrylic Mockingbird. Apparently it's a heavy, it's a heavy guitar. It's a heavy sum of bitch. Uh, it is $225. In Laverne. Yeah, it says nice acrylic mock with. <laughs> he shortened Mockingbird? Yeah. Nice. Oh, you know, mock. Nice acrylic mock with one good dent. How did the hell do you dent acrylic? Uh, you know, really good. Uh, but overall, in good condition. It's a heavy sum bitch, I tell ya. <laughs> oh my gosh, are we gonna make it? It sounds and plays great and would make a cool addition to any co collection. So really... Local sales only, $225. Let's see, where is Laverne? Do we know where Laverne is? Probably pretty close to Shirley. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. <laughs> that was the best joke you've ever told I know, right? that on for your, this podcast. That joke is for your mom and dad, kids. Um, so apparently Laver it's actually Lavergna. Uh -huh. uh, Laverne is in Tennessee. I think Joe Pekarski's in Tennessee. That sounds about right. So really, I think that makes a lot of sense because I think that one sentence is supposed to be, "Is it heavy, some bitch?" I tell you. Yeah. Sure. You're gonna have to compress the hell out of this line. Oh man, you have no idea. <laughs> I do a lot of magic to make a sound as good as we do. <laughs> Um, I feel like I must just sound awful right now. My voice feels like garbage. So what do you think? Are these really that heavy? I've never picked one up. I picked these up when they were brand new in store way back in the day. And this guy is right. It is a heavy sum of bitch. No, it's not a son of bitch. It's a sum bitch. It's a heavy sum of bitch. Uh, these acrylic guitars weigh a freaking ton. And in my opinion, you don't get any benefit acoustically out of this material. It is a dead material. Are you saying acrylic is not a tone wood? It's not a tone wood at all, and it's not even a tone resin. Or because uh, you could get a 
get one of those uh, resin guitars from the 60s or the new ones made right. now, and they have their own special characteristic, their own springiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a solid hunk of hard plastic that doesn't much. that doesn't resonate at all. It's Pretty really, much. really, really great material for making uh, really big aquariums. Um, but not a great material for guitars outside of looking really cool on stage. I mean, this sort of thing is going to catch the light. It's it's transmission fluid green, which is yeah. kind of cool. I always I always I I always thought these ones were I don't know, I'm not a fan of this green. I always thought the clear ones were okay. Also known as as uh, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew green. green. Did it, didn't BC Rich also do these in like a transparent blue and a transparent red? I think so. Um, they did a whole line of, of these. I think clear as well. Yeah. Uh, they did a whole line of these in, in various different model shapes. Um, and you see them come on the market every now and then. The thing about this that kind of excited me is that the price is actually fair for what these are. Two twenty five. They are. They were never great playing guitars. You know, obviously there's a novelty aspect here to the acrylic. No, but no. I think feel like every time we've talked about these in the past two years... It's been because someone has one up and it's been overpriced. Sure, like they've wanted like seven hundred, eight hundred bucks for it. But again, I've never, I've never played one of these. Are they? These aren't like the bronze level BC Riches. I don't know if they're really like platinum level. Are they bad players? I'm saying in terms, in terms of like, if I was sitting down with it, would I think this guitar feels like garbage? It's playable. But it's your standard budget guitar fare, you know, kind of sharp frets. Okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah, you know, that, that's what I'm not wondering. the fastest action in the world, but it's a playable instrument. You could definitely play a set with this if it is the kind of uh, stage gimmick that you're going for. It's just not going to be the most pleasurable guitar in the world. Mm. You know. I see. So that's all I've got to say about it. That is all you should say about Don't it. Don't forget to jump onto the podcast description to see the links to these pictures. Or you can jump on our Instagram or Facebook page to see them as well. And I said that in such a professional radio voice. I'm really impressed with myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's jump onto this next ad. Are we doing the guild? We're doing the guild. Where are you, guild? Um, well, it's in there. There, I found it. Where's uh, the description for it? There it is. You want to read the description? Nope. Okay, I'll read the description. Guild Acorn Bass Natural 1972 S230. Summary. This is also off of Reverb, right? I believe so. The body is mahogany. The neck is mahogany as well, with a medium round profile, one and one half inch wide nut, rosewood fretboard, 10 inch radius, and dot inlays. The pickups and hardware, two humbuckers, three-way pickup selector switch, independent volume and tone controls, mini toggle, electronics all original with I'll visible take over here. 72 pot dates. Cosmetic condition, the body, some minor chips and dings along the edges, but looks good for the most part. The finish has some heavy checking lines throughout it, but the base itself is clean for its age. The neck has a couple of long scratches near the 12th fret, as well as some other blemishes, but it plays well overall and is in good shape. The headstock has some average wear around the edges, but no cracks or repairs. This guild acorn is looking great for its age. The neck has a slight twist in it, but the base plays well with medium-low action and no buzzing or fretting out. No modifications or repairs. This thing weighs 6 pounds, 10 ounces. That's extremely light. That's real light. And it comes with a gig bag. Uh, so let's describe this thing. It's got kind of your guild take on the SG kind of shape. Yeah, it's like, a, the horns, it's like a S100 The shape. horns are more asymmetrical than uh, your Gibson style yeah, SG. like a guild S100. Exactly. Uh, two humbuckers, like the description said. A really kind of neat, great big uh, bridge on this thing. With yeah. Which, what looks like wood adjustable saddles on the bridge. That's really interesting. Which is kind of an interesting concept. And it's kind of a light, uh, kind of got like an oak or walnut kind of look to the wood with carvings of acorns and what I'm going to assume are kind of like a maple leaf. They're oak leaves. Oak leaves. Which is the point that I think is the funniest thing about this. This is the Guild Acorn base. Why don't they just make it out of oak? I know. Like, acorn- well, they made it with that kind of wood look. 
Like it says it's mahogany, but it's not it's not stained to dark. It's very light. Yeah. So it has an oak look to it. Uh here's the thing I keep trying to wrap my head around with this thing. They want sixteen fifty four. I looked up on eBay. It seems like that's a fair price. For what these go for. Yeah, it's in the neighborhood of... But we couldn't find evidence... Of what they asked. We couldn't find evidence of anyone ever buying one of these, ever paying money for them. Uh, but that doesn't always mean anything. No one has ever bought one of these yeah, bases. You only receive them as gifts from your weird Canadian uncle. Um, oh, Canada. <laughs> what's that all about? Anyways, I'm just trying to think of... Because obviously this base is a product of the 70s. It is 1972 through and through. You can imagine someone in the 70s playing this. Bandana, long hair, mutton chops and all, you know. You know, there's it's, it's definitely a product of his time. You think... Wait, I... If you were to see this... Ba- what, like, what type of band do you... Like, name some bands. Well, that's what I'm trying to think of is... Who would I... Who would I not be surprised seeing... I got two bands. Play this today in our current time. No, there's no one in our current time that I can think of. That's the thing that I'm having trouble with. But I could imagine anyone in the 70s having this in their band. I wouldn't necessarily say anyone, but there are two artists that for some reason came to mind when I saw this. Lay it on me, man. Um, One, I think is kind of obvious. And in fact, this might not be flashy enough, would be The Grateful Dead. Totally. Um, and then the other one, and I don't know why this came to my mind, because I don't know any of their music really. Okay. Jethro Tull. Yeah, I don't know why that came to mind either. It's but, that damn flute. But I, there's no way that it wouldn't fit. You know, there's there's any band in the 70s where someone's wearing a deerskin jacket and a bandana. Exactly. This is going to fit in. Yeah. Willie so Nelson. Ma- Willie Nelson. Totally. Uh, Willie Nelson's band. Willie Nelson's band. Uh, you know, any kind of that kind of scene. So maybe if you have a cover act that does 70 songs now, this would be a good fit. What do you think? Blue Oyster Cult? Kind of. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm going to say I mean, no. Like I said, anyone from the 70s. This makes sense. It You're... just doesn't make any sense past like 1984. Mm. This bass doesn't deserve to exist past 1984. It's not that it doesn't ex- deserve to exist. It doesn't have a home anymore. It's from it's an orphan. Until you know, really woody kind of like naturey type stuff comes back, and we you know that has kind of come back, but in a different way. Like this doesn't fit with that for some reason. Right. Right. It just doesn't fit any modern aesthetic. Um. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Someone out there on the group is going to be like, I love that bass. I would play that bass all day long. I want to know, like, if... Yeah, I don't know. I I know one person who I would not be surprised to see holding this bass. Who? And no one on the group knows who this is, but Shem. Okay, yeah. Shem, you know, a dirty hippie type. So you think that this could... Not dirty. He's a clean hippie. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, kind of like a hippie nature child kind of personality so you think that there are like specific bands in the genre that shall we say is hipster folk where this bass could work i think the only way that would work is if they were doing it ironically because i don't think they they don't even really embrace that aesthetic they embrace a more modern aesthetic Right, but all of the music the, that the person yeah. you're talking about has generated that I've heard of is like that hipster folk kind of no, sound. No, but yeah, it, the, the the sound of the music... You're, so you're just talking about the person. The sound of the music fits this aesthetic, but they wouldn't use this aesthetic because they're hipsters. Mm. And this isn't ironic enough. Okay. What needs to happen is for this to become ironic somehow. Yeah. It just doesn't have that edge. So yet. you're saying Alanis Morissette's band could use this? from what I understand, she doesn't have a strong understanding of the way the word ironic works. So no. Okay. <laughs> I really do think <laughs> let's move on to the next. Ad. Well, we're going to a wedding tomorrow, so hopefully it doesn't rain. Yeah. And something, something about other parts of that song in particular, right? Yeah. Taxis and whatever taxis and stuff. Um, I can't remember that song. I just remember that 
my English teacher in college hated that song because very few things in it are actual examples of irony. What's our next ad? Uh, the next ad is a local ad that was found by listener Cole Duke. Uh. Well, it's not local. It's on Reverb, but the seller is in San Diego. Yep. Um, and I feel like I might have bought from this person or sold to them before. The name of their shop is the gas station. G dot A dot S dot. Um, Space station. But they say they joined Reverb February 14th, 2015. So I guess that was a year ago. That's a year ago. Okay. I'm still signing my checks wrong. Um, <laughs> okay. So this is for a Mr. Black Supermoon Chrome 2015. The the thing that catches your interest is that there's three of these in the picture. Yeah. He wants 199 plus 985 shipping, which is a very specific number on the shipping. Uh, but you are part of this whole scheme going on lately of sure. buying these things up and then selling them. I am. Uh, you bought one up before there was the Black Friday deal on them. and uh, <laughs> Like four days before. Yeah. And so you've been sitting on this thing trying to sell it yourself. This guy bought up three of them and is trying to yeah. sell all three of them and try to turn a little bit of a profit on them. I think these pedals are fantastic. But I, uh, I might be willing to wait until... Mr. Black himself releases some new ones into the market for me to buy one instead of getting hosed by you, you guys. An, you need another Mr. Black Friday sale to happen. I know, right? Mr. Jack DeVille, if you're listening, uh, let me know when you're going to make more and I'll oh my God. I'll buy one from you instead of getting fleeced <laughs> by these jackasses over here. Oh my gosh. I know a lot of guys on the group and a lot of listeners are doing this and it's just fine. I have no problem with it, but uh, I'd rather not pay above manufacturer well, price and so for what it's worth like 199 plus ten dollars shipping it's a fair enough is price. only twenty dollars more than right what what you would pay for this new on a non-sale sure like mine was 179 a after shipping mine was 189 and it's a beautiful sanding pedal these things are so eerie it makes you sound like an 80s horror movie mm -hmm. i'm a big fan they're great yeah it's just what do you th you think this guy should have split this ad and he should have just taken a picture of one pedal instead of being like, I've got three of these things. Yeah. I mean, it's designed for the quick sale. The price is basically a quick sale price. Uh -huh. I wouldn't be surprised if all of these are gone already. Sure. But yeah, it's kind of a thing where you're looking at it and you're going like, huh? So you're the reason that I wasn't able to get one of these on Black Friday weekend. Right, because they got all bought out because some guy bought three at a time. It's like Mr. Black Weekend because he did that sale for like four days in a row. Yeah. Next, I got to buy one next time. That, they're really cool. I mean, we got to meet Jack DeVille at NAMM, which yeah. was a lot of fun. He's, he's, a, a, he's an interesting he character. He's a character. Like capital C character, this guy he belongs on. What, what channel is it? Like TBS? Characters wanted. Oh, I don't, don't think they've used that slogan for a while. They still but... want them. Okay. And they want Jack DeVille because he's a character. So the guy who listed this has two left of the original three, I guess. So he's still selling one, just like you. Yep. Just like me. Yep. The difference is he has one watcher and I have two watchers. Oh, that's weird. You got all these watchers, Steve. I have an offer. You always feel like someone's watching you. I always feel like I didn't ask you to sing. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's an it's an interesting thing going on in the uh, the pedal culture right now is flipping these freaking things. Uh, let's hit this last ad just for fun. Uh, it makes me feel a little bad to do it because I feel like we're making fun of this guy because we are. Um, I just had to decline a call from Cassidy. Sorry, Cassidy. Hopefully he's. I know he's dropping something off for Lauren. Um, I might, why am I talking about this? Um, I don't know, dude. So this is an We're ad. We're podcasting right now. This, Tell Cassie to shut up. This is an ad. For, he's probably outside the garage door right now hearing you say that. Hey, Cassidy, shut up. I probably just woke up your kid. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Steve. Um, okay. This is an ad for a professional bass player. He's all over. That's his location. <laughs> pro country bass player looking for an already formed band harmony background vocals also can play guitar piano mandolin 
have a place to practice with pro gear and transportation pa mics drums guitar amp pros only with gigs already lined up full-time musician ready to gig and travel welcome to contact me anytime uh so this ad caught everyone's attention on the group mostly because this guy is kind of goofy looking not yeah. goofy like you did wake my kid up oh thanks man. a lot jerk dang um He's just got this silly smile on his face. And in one photo, he's posing with a uh, Willie Nelson impersonator. Yeah, it's really bizarre. He's got these ridiculous braids coming out of the back of his... I feel super horrible right now. I'm not used to podcasting with Henry here. It's okay. I feel really bad. It's okay. He was going to wake up anyway, Steve. I'm going to cry now. Don't cry, Steve. Let's talk about this ad. <laughs> let's not get distracted from the bad thing you did. And let's just talk about this ad. Oh, man. So this guy's just funny looking. And I feel bad for saying that. Not funny looking. He's just got this funny expression on his face. He, what, I can, what it is is he's got this look. You know what it is? What? He looks like clip art. He looks like a stock photo. No, what he looks like he's is... He's got the stock photo smile. What he looks like? He's probably a brilliant performer. He looks like a character from, um, like, uh, Smokey and the Bandit or something. Yeah. Or like uh, Blazing Saddles. Like, he looks like he could just be an extra in one of those things where he's just got this exaggerated look. But he's, he's got... Just, yeah. But it's, it's, more than anything, it's just facial expressions in the ad and the way the photos are posed. It makes me think that he did a session as for a photographer doing stock photography. Cause that's what this feels like. Is that kind of face fate? Like smile bigger, smile bigger, no bigger smile. Look really yeah, happy yeah. sort of thing. And most musicians, when they get their photo taken, they kind of, they try to go dark, which is weird. Yeah. Well, you know, but at the same time, like he definitely looks like he's taking this picture with this, like Willie Nelson impersonator guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and so, like, old school country is very much like, there were the sad songs, but it was very much like a we're poor and we're happy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know exactly how to he describe it. He kind of looks like a cattle rancher. But, yeah, he very much looks like an like, oil baron. He looks right. He looks like he fits the genre. He does. Oh, absolutely. A very specific genre of music. He looks like an oil man. You know, that, uh, like, well, yeah, like I said, like, he looks like he should be in Smoking the Bandit or Blazing Saddles or, yeah. you know, some something that's very, like, 70s specific in the way, like, the characters were styled. I bet he smokes. <laughs> he looks like a guy who smokes a lot. You think you know? he used to be the Marlboro Man in his younger days? It's possible. You, I bet I can hear the sound of that guy's voice in my head just looking at him. He's just like, give me a cigarette. Oh, that's, my God. That's what he's saying. Yeah, I'm going to slap at the bass. That's what he's saying, Steve. <laughs> All right. This was not a good ad. I'm, <sighs> I'm sad that we did this ad. I want to apologize to everyone listening that we did this ad. Let's move on to the topic. This week's topic was sent to us by... Do you remember? No. Neither do I. Oh, I thought you wrote it down. I didn't. I just wrote down the topic itself. I, didn't I only wrote down the topic. I didn't remember who suggested it. Shoot. Oh, we are, we are off our Dang. game. We're a bunch of, we're a bunch of losers. People are going to cancel their, their pledges to us, Steve. They're going to send their shirts back in the mail. You don't need to make noises while you're looking around on your phone. I am holding down the mic just fine. Yeah, that's true. So uh, don't worry about it. I'm making sure that there's plenty of content for people to listen to while you do phone things. Phone things. This phone thing was brought to you by Jonah Wynn. He says body shapes are all the good ones taken. Okay. The I answer think that's is a, no. I think that's a fun topic. All right, let's move on. I guess that wraps it up. The yeah, we're all no. done. The answer is no. Uh, so thanks for listening. Yeah. No, uh... I think there's definitely, it's it's really tough. And we're going to, oh, you know what? We published it last week. We did a NAM episode with Ben Nystrom where we talk about how hard it is to come up with new shapes for things. Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely, definitely true. It it's It's gotten to the point where there are some very clear standard shapes 
you expect to see in sure. electric guitars. Strat, basically all of your standard Fender shapes. So yes. Strat, Telecaster, Mustang, Jaguar, Jazzmaster. And then all your standard Gibson shapes. Right. Uh, Les Paul, SG, um, Explorer, Flying, Flying v. v. And then there are a couple shapes from uh, the late 20th century that... Sure. That are modern classics. Yeah, the, well, know, there's a... Why do you think of, like, super strats? Yeah, the super strat is definitely <laughs> a strat body, but there's a very specific, like, way that the edges are done on there uh-huh. um, that just seem a little harsher. Yeah. Like, like I'm thinking, like, Ibanez, like the totally. Ibanez RG stuff. The, to- the Ibanez shape. Yeah. Um, but that get, it gets borrowed and is populated across the super strat kind of genre. Sure. So you start to get too far outside of those shapes and things start to look weird to people mm-hmm. and it starts to become very difficult to balance your shapes to make something that doesn't look weird and doesn't look ugly and still looks like what you expect from an electric guitar, but then also is exciting as being its own shape. Like it's very hard to come up with a new shape guitar. Yeah. Like you can't just kind of plug it out there and try and... I think one of the things I wanted to talk about is that the very worst examples of new shapes in air quotations is when a company tries to do a new take on one of the classic shapes. Right. Like when they try to, and sometimes they pull it off. Like I think that Ibanez Talman is a really good example of Ibanez taking a Fender-y kind of like almost Telecaster shape and then warping it around to become something new that is its own thing and looks good, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's been companies that have some success uh, doing variations on the Les Paul and SG shape. I think ESP's take on the on the SG is a lot of fun. The Viper, where it's kind of like an offset Yeah, the SG. offset SG. But then, you know, when you see... A variation on like a Telecaster where the top horn is weird. Right. Or the bottom horn is, is weird and somehow. There's certain ones that work. I, I think like even. Um, when I see like a Les Paul variant where the bottom horn is rounded off too much, that's weird to me. Right. I know what you're, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Kind of like what Agile does. You know what uh, I mean? I think. And I even they the, were just a standard Les Paul even shape. The, like different? the D takes on it. Remember yeah, the, the D takes are a little weird. I thought the Agile ones were straight Les Paul copies. I've never. I no, mean, I, I mean, think they have a round and bottom horn. They're a little more rounded. I don't know. Um, there are some even like um, Gibson has made like the Les Paul Florentine. Uh huh. I think it's called, which has like the sharper uh, lower bout, and that even is kind of like yeah, like why did you do this? Yeah, that's it's it's weird because these these shapes have become classics, and when you venture too far outside of them, things start to catch your eye really strange. Even if technically the shape is fine, it's totally functional. Um, there's something weird about it. Neil, maybe this is venturing into too much can opener territory. Okay, I would like to see even just a mock up of an. With air quotes, because I know it's not a true offset, mm-hmm. but like an offset style flying V where the upper horn, where it's a Gibson full size flying V, uh-huh. but the upper horn is longer than the lower horn. There's companies that make Are that there? style. I've yeah. never seen one. Yeah, they make that style. I always think it looks kind of goofy. I feel like flying Vs might, you know, I have a flying V that I've built that is a weird sort of thing, but it's still like really balanced in a classic way. Right. Well, it's still a flying V. Right. Uh, what the, I'm like thinking to, of to is me, like a flying check mark. Right. Right. Well, what you're thinking about is a more classic take on the Randy Rhodes. Sure. Um, no points. Yeah. No points. Uh, my go-to flying V that's like my dream flying V is like the Albert King version with like the hard, uh, very slight horns on the top and bottom. Not horns, but kind of like cut away where the, the body doesn't blend all the way into the neck. Huh. 
You know what I mean? Like there's a little bit of an edge. If I if I showed it, you'd see it. But anyways, I think an interesting way to think about this question is: Is it possible for there to be any more perfectly ergonomic shapes? And I kind of feel like the strat and the super strat shapes are the ideal ergonomic shape in the final form of the electric guitar. Well, I'm going to disagree. Okay. I think there are more ergonomic shapes out there. Name one. Then a strat? Sure. Ergonomics is a constantly uh, innovating, like... Sure, uh, but field. I think to say that we nailed it seventy, you know, sixty years ago, and that's that. Like, I, I think that's. I can't think you know, of a body shape that is more ergonomic than the the core concept of a strap body. Like, as far as fret axis and the way the contours and the shape of the body sit against your rib cage and your your leg if you're sitting down, or sits against your waist when you're standing up. I feel like it has the perfect concept of ergonomics. I mean, I guess when I think of guitars that I would that I have, I would imagine are more ergonomic. They're based on that design, but like for, I, I guess, like for example, though they're depend. I mean, depending on who you ask, like they're ugly guitars. Uh-huh. Like the the Parker Fly is probably from an ergonomics perspective, like an all around more ergonomic guitar than a Fender Strat, but then it's a Parker Fly. So I don't know that something about that top horn always like jabbed me in my ribs a little bit. Like the way it's got that hard little bite right there on the Parker. Maybe you're just hold, keep your strap strap too long. Yeah, maybe, but, I, but even then a Parker is the shape is a take on a strap. Shape. Right. It is, in its core, a Strat design. You know, it's not at all similar to a Les Paul, you know. Well, I think the Strat might be the... I I can see what you're saying about the Strat or the general Strat design. The general Strat design being a double cut uh, for front access. Right. Two horns. The top horn being long enough... So that the the guitar hangs, the neck doesn't dive. The neck doesn't dive. It hangs even on your strap, and then you have a uh, kind of your basic body shape of a strap with con- strat with contours mm-hmm. that you know fit your body in a normal way. Right. I think it's really hard to get outside that recipe and have a guitar that has a. Uh, that set of ergonomics and i'm not saying that you know people should only play strats i have a bunch of guitars that are not strats sure sure that i love that feel very comfortable on my body but let's face it they're not as all around ergonomic as just my strat like i think my flying my uh i think my swept wing feels great against my body when i'm standing up totally not as ergonomic when i'm sitting down though yeah it's definitely an issue of like of like I said, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Uh-huh. The most ergonomic guitar, like standing up, is probably just like a freaking Stein, Steinberger Spirit, like totally. the, the Stein, little Steinberger Wedge, or you know the 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 freaking um, Kramer. I think it was Kramer who made him the Duke. Yeah, um, you know the head headstockless wedge basically i mean if you can get it to sit against your body right and hang off a strap right then it's like it doesn't really matter when you're standing up right as unless it has a, like a big neck <coughs> as long as you like don't have that big neck dive issue right right uh I, but you know there's a big difference between a guitar you use standing up and the, if you're someone who needs to sit down then what you're going to play when you sit down of course you know guitar instructors would say well your strap should be adjusted in such a way that when you sit down, your guitar is barely touching. It's like only slightly resting on your leg. Yeah. So like your standing, your sitting position should basically be identical. Right. Um, I mean, when I think about the future of what's going to happen to the guitar, I always imagine guitar reaching a stage in its history where it's a concert instrument Mm -hmm. Like as far as like an orchestra and imagine what 
kind of final form the guitar would take as an orchestra instrument 200 years from now. Right. And whenever I think of that, I th- I honestly think of a super strat. Is right. that is that weird? Uh like you think of like a classically trained a classically trained musician who's picked their guitar that they're going to use in a high performance environment where they are going to be playing songs that are classics to everyone and right. they need a wide variety of pickup selection and they need a guitar that just has performance All, they're going to go with the super everything strat. else being equal i guess i mean it's hard to argue against that I, it's hard for me to conceptualize this from a like an orchestral standpoint because you think like the key component of every orchestral instrument is that it produces its own sound. The electric guitar doesn't produce its own sound. You plug it into something that produces. Yeah, its but sound I'm talking about 200 forward. years in the future. Sure, sure. So I mean, if every instrument in the orchestra is now an electric instrument, then I think yeah, this the super strat is the. I, I mean, I don't know which other way you would go. I mean, that's. A, I wonder what an orchestral amplifier would look like. Like, where does that belong in the pit? Like how do how does the uh, conductor manage it? Right, you know, like, well, you know, it's ev- in the future. Ev- no, everyone just sits in their orchestra seats and p- turns on their future Wi-Fi headphones. And then the and- the conductor isn't conducting; he's just a mixer, and yeah. he mixes people in. Well, he's no, like a, so, he's, someone else con- mixes everything. The for conductor's him. like a DJ, or the DJ's in the pit. Yeah, mixing everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the future sounds miserable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's probably going to be electric drums too. Oh, oh my, my god, kill me! Well, everything's going to be electric, right? Ele- electric, violin, electric flute, electric, electric trumpet, electric saxophone. Oh no! Electric timpani. Yeah, totally. Electric triangle. Ah, per- I want an electric triangle. That sounds glorious. <laughs> yeah, you know, triangle you could turn down. Just get one of those. Uh, Sign me up. Just get one of those EHX uh, drum. Yeah, totally, things. totally. Um, as far as aesthetic shapes, cause we've been talking about ergonomics and kind of just the future of what could happen. Yeah. But as far as aesthetics an an electric guitar could literally be any shape. Right. So uh, if there's like a shape that you can dream of that you think would look good, you can make an electric guitar that shape. I'm sure there are still good shapes left. Um, I'm definitely, uh, I think, you know, we talked about this recently. Like I'm definitely in the camp of like. I trend towards more classic shapes, but uh-huh. that tends to just be more about like contrasting colors and whatever. Right. So, I mean, what I mean by that is like when I see a, we talked about the LT, uh, the ESP Viper, the LTD ESP, uh-huh. whatever, the Viper. When I see one of those in like a, you know, trans quilt, purple burst, I'm just like, yeah. oh, kill me. But when I see one of those in like a solid, like a nice solid color with a pit guard. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know what? That's not too bad. Like, that's a classic take. Yeah. So I'm not like told completely. And actually, that's a perfect example. Parker, like some of Parker's high-end stuff with the night fly and whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, kill me now. Right. But then they make some lower-end stuff that's the same body shape, but it, it's like a natural ash body with a pit guard. Yeah. And I'm, I keep saying with a pit guard. To me, like a lot of times a pit guard isn't about... Oh, I'm going to scratch this body. It's this, it's a solid color contrast. It breaks it up. It breaks it up. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely think, you know, there are a lot of body shapes to be explored. There's a lot of builders who are taking kind of forgotten body shapes. Like, yeah, you think about like uh, the Roni Oceana is totally. basically like Paul's take on the, a classic Supra shape. Or his now discontinued Star Blaster was uh, a tweaked Starcaster. Yeah. So they're they're and they're definitely distinctively different designs. Like there's things about them that are unique, but they're they're paying homage to to certain things. Um, I don't know if there are. Like I feel like it's been a long time since an original design that wasn't an obvious. I say obvious, like anyone could have come up with it. Obviously, I'm using that obvious word a lot. Obviously. 
um, whoever came up with it was doing something like making a groundbreaking small tweak. Right. Like what I mean, again, to, to use the Viper as another example, an offset SG just seems so like, oh yeah, duh. Yeah. But then why didn't it, why wasn't anyone else really doing this successfully yeah. until ESP did it? You know, um, so I don't know if there's anything, I don't know if there's a shape that could come out at this point where we would be like, oh, that's a really cool shape. Nobody has ever come up with anything similar to this before. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it might be kind of true. All the good shapes are taken in basic concept. Yeah. It's and, hard, to, and, and it's hard even, to imagine a new concept coming out that would be like, oh, wow, yeah, guitars should totally be that shape. Yeah, and I'm even thinking beyond like the most rudimentary way, like, you know, people could make the argument that the Les Paul and the Telecaster are the same guitar because they're both single cuts. But uh, I'm not even thinking like that broadly. Like, I'm thinking like, I just feel like what's out there, I don't, I don't know where, what's, what's left. Well, it's hard to know what hasn't been made. So, yeah. and and of course, like I said, like when somebody what am I going to do? Say, oh no, here's a shape that no one's made. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what am I going to invent that right now in my head? You're going to invent that shape. This topic has a lot of pressure on it. It does. It does. Make it right now, Ryan. I know, right? You Sketch have it out. Thirty seconds. Let me I'm let me pull you. my whiteboard here. Eight. And seven, I will invent a new two. body shape for you. Oh my gosh. Um, See, I don't. I don't know. I. I think I haven't ever seen a guitar in the shape of a stop sign. I'm, I'm sure it exists. I'm totally somewhere. sure it exists. Um, Not good old octagon or a hexagon. Good old octagon. Yeah. I'm like a pentagon shaped guitar. Yeah. I mean, the 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 real issue, because like I said, you could make any guitar any shape that you could dream of. Yeah. Uh, the real real question is, can you make something? that is not novelty and can be looked at as a standard instrument. Sure. And like, that is a very hard thing to you do. Know, it, it's, these are perfectly original designs, I guess, you know, machine gun guitars or sure. the, the millennium Falcon rebel bass. Right. Right. You know, these different things like that, like these or are any of the various can opener guitars. Yeah, these are unique designs, but you're just like, it's novelty. You know, if somebody started making like Millennium Falcon shaped guitars all out of wood where it wasn't obvious that it was like a Millennium Falcon reference, right. you'd just be like, it's a bass with a oval yeah, it's void. Yeah, weird futuristic shape. Yeah, know? and you just, like, I don't think that would take off. No, I don't think so. That's really the question is, there, is there a shape left that can take off by its own? where other companies would want to copy it. Like it. Yeah. That's just a really hard thing to answer. And it feels like the answer should be no. You know, I can't, I can't imagine what that would look like. The answer will be no until somebody does it, does it. And then we'll be like, whoa, that's really cool. Oh, they did it. We won't see another thing like that happen. Yeah. It'll get, decades. it'll get put into the, uh, <laughs> the <coughs> classic guitar designs canon and, and we'll move forward, you yeah. know? Um, it would have been. Neat. I don't know. It would have been neat to live in the time where, when a flying V comes out, it's the first time you've seen that concept. Right. That would have been a cool time to live in. Yeah. The first time, you know, a a freaking super strat comes out, be like, wow, look what they did to the strat design. You know, that would be a cool time to live in. It feels like we're past all that. But then I. People back then probably said that too. Yeah. In another 40 years, there could be a bunch of people sitting around going like, man, remember when there were only like seven major guitar designs? Remember when we didn't have octagon guitars? How did we live? Yeah. Um, so again, I don't know. If there's something out there that you've seen that that is a like a new, like a fairly recent, like say within the last like five or 10 years design that you think could be the next classic... You know what? Jump on Facebook, join 60 Cycle sure. Hum. Shoot us an email at 60 Cycle Humcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Twitter us. Twitter us. Tweet us at 60 Cycle Humcast. I mean, you can Twitter us. You know, me. whatever. Um, hit us up on our various social media. 
hound us on Instagram, whatever. Let us know. We want to hear your feedback. Maybe yeah. we'll feature it on the next episode. We like look at all these really cool designs that we didn't know existed. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's it's a really that's a really tough question. I mean, what's left? It doesn't feel what like there's much left. Is left. Yeah, I can tell you what's left. What's left is the song, right? What's left is we got this song from Ken Rothman. He is um, in a band. Well, he this was the he says this is the A side of the one triumphant single of my band, Claws That Catch, which is no longer, but currently morphing into a power trio with all new material. A powerful trio. Yeah, he says check out the track, which can be heard on which can be heard the majestic "Build Your Own Clone" leads fuzz uh again this song is by the band claws that catch the song is called edward weston bw texas i don't oh maybe that's not what the song title is i'm not sure what this i think that's the song title i don't know well we're gonna play it no matter we're gonna the title play it. i think that looks like what the song title is thanks ken for singing this in this is a really cool song I yeah thought. it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it we listened to most of it yep <laughs> you didn't need to know that but... all right all right see you guys next time see ya once again Big thanks to Greer Amps for sponsoring this episode. You can check them out online at greeramps.com. We're going to do a demo of the Little Samson really soon, uh, but you can go check out all their other pedals like the Lightspeed, Organic Overdrive, or the Southland, Harmonic Overdrive. I see these pedals on people's boards all the time. People seem to love them, and I, you know, I bet they're great. You know, they also have pedals like the Ghetto Stomp and the Burning Goat. With names like that, why wouldn't you want to go check out these pedals? I mean, just go there and check it out. Just, you know, kind of window shop a little bit. I mean, you know, if you feel like buying something, you know, do that too. I don't know. You know, you know how this stuff works.
kind of weird. I like coffee-flavored things, like coffee ice cream, coffee candy, stuff like that, coffee desserts. I just can't get into drinking it. And the few times in my life when I have drinking it, it's been because it's been around and it was hot and it, the weather was cold. And it's like working outside. It's like, I need a hot fluid in my mouth right now. Who's there?